Welcome to It's Complicated, the Couples Guide podcast. I'm Ryan. And I'm Talia. We are two associate marriage and family therapists under clinical supervision. And we're here to debunk myths and deliver truth about dating, relationships, and everything in between. Trust us. It's awesome. Chronic stress. Yes. My favorite. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> <How> I thrive. <laughs> Oh, stress is my middle name and I love it. <sighs> Good. I'm glad. How about you? How do you feel under chronic stress? I'm horrible with stress. Um, yeah, I, uh, well, I don't know if I ever had chronic stress. I have to acknowledge that. But, um, like I feel stressed today and I, my body goes into shutdown mode. Uh, okay. Um, like stress doesn't activate me with anxiety to get things done. Okay. Um, mine goes into, you know what? I'm just going to play magic and nap all day. I'm a withdrawer, shutdown, avoider, stress manager. Okay. I don't know what the opposite. I'm an, I'm an attack. I'm an yeah. attacker. Like yeah, if I'm yeah. under stress, I'm like, I'm going to murder everything in my path. Not people, obviously. Yeah. But to-do list turns into a to-da list for sure. I like that. Even if it might be a bit, um, oh, uh, if it might be a little bit um, lashy, you know, you're lashing out, you know, not, at anyone specific, but just to the world, but at least it's motivated. You know, I wish stress would just keep me motivated. It's like, Oh, hello. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. No, it does keep me motivated. I yeah. think when I'm not under chronic stress, then I don't function normally. Like when yeah. I have time off, I feel like productivity guilt is what I like to call it. And I'm like, but I can't yeah. be working right now. Like, Oh, please yeah. give me something to do. So today's topic is obviously stress. What about oh, yeah. stress in a relationship? Well, you like chronic stress in a relationship. Now that I get excited about. <laughs> You're like, now, yes. now we function really high. No. Uh, well, I think some of the difference, I mean, you have to look at the dynamic part of it. So I, we were just describing how I'm more of a withdrawer avoider, and then you're more of a go-getter slash kind of like lash out. Yeah. Well, that's one kind of relationship versus say two chronic withdrawal avoiders or two people who get highly motivated in stress. So that just tends to be, I think, very interesting. And I'm not going to that's why I like working with couples because it's so fascinating. Right. But I think for um, the purposes of what we want to talk about today is take some time to acknowledge what's going on in our bodies when we're stressed. So we can have some insight awareness and therefore compassion with ourselves when stress is happening right and like anything just bring awareness to couples about uh hey so this is going on repeatedly here are some things that might happen every couple's different um as to what to expect and and to deal with so that's kind of where my thoughts are at yes each couple is definitely different and i think it's in i've seen this in the work i've done it's interesting to me which couples thrive under stress like which ones uh -huh. can like, team up and be like okay let's tackle this together yeah. and which ones just kind of fall apart under stress yeah. or you know there's partners where like I am the one who functions under high stress at work so at home life is a little interesting or chaotic or whatever it doesn't feel out of flux for me it's like oh okay this is normal yeah and if it's too calm, right. Or if my partner comes home super stressed out, right. And it's like, okay, why are we freaking out? Like I can compartmentalize it more easily. So I think for some partners, when stress happens, they, they go into shutdown, but they don't maybe 
know how to assist their partner who's not going into shutdown. So I think we see the balance, right? It's either the, the one partner shuts down and one partner pursues, both partners shut down, which is mostly when couples come in to see us from what mm-hmm. I've noticed. And yeah. then but when both of them are really go-getter alpha, you know, type A couples, I work with those ones too because they don't know how to shut it off. Um, I see the the double alpha couples where they can't shut off the high stress and they don't feel safe in their relationship yeah. if the, the stress or that tension isn't there. So it's having them learn, hey, maybe not as much tension, right? I get the the need for a little bit. I am definitely in that camp. But if it's too intense, right, that's when they're, it's usually then they're landing in themselves in therapy when it's too much in either direction. What are your thoughts yeah. on that? Well, um, they, I would just add to it that when there is a lot of stress, and we're talking about like more chronic sustained stress, uh, our individual coping mechanisms get depleted, which means we're, yeah. it's harder to have patience, it's harder to have compassion. Yeah. And so much work in a long-term relationship is about going like, all right, can I be patient and compassionate for someone different right now? Yeah. And so if the relationship is stressed, then both people are depleting those emotional reserves which means they're more likely to do whatever is less patient, less compassion for them. So in the last couple example you were talking about, where they might be more kind of alpha go-getter, um, that might mean they might be more reactive or let's, uh, you know, let's just hash it out. And it might be really reactive and get into these like arguments to try to solve a problem mm-hmm. when they're not really taking time to stay and be together and be connected first before working. Um, similarly, uh, on the flip side with the knees of the world, the drawer avoiders where you're so depleted, it's like, well, then you're just going to not be engaging in your relationship. You're going to be losing yourself in your hobby or television or work or something. And it's going to be too draining to try to engage in that patience and compassion for your relationship. I think it's one of the important things to acknowledge is like when we're stressed on our systems, uh, we don't have that emotional resiliency. And even in the best relationships, it takes work and emotional attunement, um, which has a certain reserve that we have to need it to be present and supportive of a partner or to be vulnerable and ask for support from a partner in either direction. So it's hard. That one sucks. <laughs> that one is hard for me. The latter of what you just mentioned, asking for Being help. Vulnerable. Very yeah. stressed. Yeah. because I do this thing and I know I'm not alone where if I'm under super high stress, I need it to get done the way I want it to yeah. get done or the way that in my past I know has been effective. Like what feels like, Oh, I can exhale when a task is done. There's yeah. a threshold and I have trouble offloading that or outsourcing it to another person because I have this feeling like, Oh, which has also happened in my past. Oh, can you help me with this? Oops, I dropped the ball. Oops, I, it's like I can't afford mentally or patience-wise to drop the ball, <laughs> but I overload, right? I overload it, and it's yeah. like, I don't ask for help. And then, you know, part, a partner being able to help is actually nice. It does, yeah. things do get done, but I think that's where some couples miss the mark is if they are with a partner that isn't up for that task mm-hmm. or up for the challenge, I think I, I know from working with individuals, I think the mindset is, well, I've had it proven so many times that when I ask for help, it doesn't get done. And it kind of does this shutdown mm-hmm. for them to want to ask again, right? To make another bid. Or if they're in a new relationship, there's a shutdown of like, oh, but last one. And it's important for us as therapists to differentiate for them. Okay, well, this isn't, this is a new person. Mm-hmm. This isn't the same relationship. 
and why not try it, right? Why not try a small ask, a small bid when you're under stress to see? And then I often have them come back and report like, oh my gosh, you were right. Like it was so much easier to ask for something small and have it get done. And I'd feel less stressed. So then they're more present in the relationship Uh and that patience reserve can come up. And there's seasons of stress in every relationship where one person needs more help than another. So what I would caution is if you're noticing it's very imbalanced for a long time, that's not the season of stress. That's maybe not like, <laughs> that's maybe not a good fit in partnership. If you're the one who's chronically the only one caring and stressing and your partner's like, whatever. <laughs> well, I think that's one of the pitfalls that I, that I actually wanted to mention yeah. is that chronic stress in relationships. It's not like you start having say um, a stressful context and then assume it's going to last forever. So couples can just find themselves like, holy hell, this has been really hard for like an entire year. Maybe someone lost a job and the the finances have been really off. Or, I mean, we're all going through some significant community stress right now, whether it's the pandemic, the the economy, racial injustice, whatever it is. It's not like we, it started and we just go, this is how it's going to be forever. Right. It's, it's progressive. And the reason I, I, I belabor that is then what can happen is however you start dealing with this stress might just be like, oh shoot, six months down the road, we're still doing the same way. And you got that's the pitfalls. It could have been that you as a couple dealt with the stress one way at the beginning. And let's say it was one person who um, didn't work as much, was able to like really do the kind of the version you're talking about, like, I'm going to get it done. I'm going to do it my way, but I'm really stressed. I have to do all this stuff around the house that relates to the relationship. <laughs> but then as months go on, it's like, wait, I'm the only one doing it. And now I'm back to work. And now I have to work more and still do these things. I get shipped. But the other partner was like, okay, they're taking care of it. I'm going to focus on this thing. And I've just learned, oh, this works. And a lot of times these happen without communication. Oh, yeah. So then the partners are in a cycle and it's repetitive and they're not even aware of like, how the hell do we get to this like negative stress space? And we're not actually collaborating together to get stuff done. Um, Collaboration. So all, I love that oh, word. Yeah. oh man, I said all the time. It's all about that. And when, um, and when stress starts, understandably couples could just get into sort of a, a habit in the relationship of how they're dealing with it and be like, okay, well, it's just stressful. We'll get through this in a couple of weeks. We'll be back mm-hmm. to normal. Well, you don't always know the circumstances and how they're going to last. So then it turns into chronic stress. So at a certain point you go, wait a second, it's been like a month and this has sucked. We need to have a re-up. And that's yeah. one of my little bits of suggestions to couples is if you've noticed a stressful context has been existing for longer than a few weeks, have a deliberate collaborative check-in with your partner and be like, Hey, this has been hard. What are we doing to manage this stress that we like? And what isn't working for one or both of us? Let's, let's take a look at that and attune to each other and say, hey, what do, who needs more of what? Mm-hmm. Maybe it's, I need more emotional support. Cool. Maybe it's, I need you to just take the fucking trash out. Great. Whatever yeah. it is, whatever it is, go for it. Yes. I remember, oh God, this was what, two or three years ago at this point? Uh-huh. Yeah, 2020. Yeah, two years ago. Yeah. I remember <laughs> working that second shift you were just mentioning. It's like yeah. coming home, dealing with this, seeing eight clients, it's yeah. coming home and seeing kids toys turn everywhere. And I'm like, you had, you had, you had three hours before I got home. 
like, what's going on? <laughs> You're like freaking out internally though. And I'm like, be a therapist, be a therapist, be cool, be cool. Like, I'm like coaching the heck out of myself. And I'm just yeah. like, it would mean so much to me. And then eventually after a couple months of just like this and burnout and all this other stuff, I'm like, let toys pick up. Like I lost it because <laughs> you can't, like, I think yeah. it's, it's after so much time under chronic stress that effectiveness can go away. So that's why I recommend for couples, if you're already starting to like my left eye starts twitching when I get very stressed, if I notice that's coming on, I have to handle it. And I'd rather just bring it up immediately and go like, this isn't working. And I don't want to build resentment because that's what happens. At least in my perspective, if you do not address stress, definitely number one, because it's stressing your body and your system we're not our, I'm my best self under stress, but that's something I have to work out for myself. Not everybody <laughs> is their best version under chronic stress. And there's things. No that, one is. Yeah. Period. <laughs> I mean, it sucks. No, I, I think, and there's, there's definitely times that people have a different threshold, but if you're starting to notice, yeah, I can't even be myself in this condition. This needs to get addressed with the partner that you are with, whether you're living together or not it's important that it gets addressed because we don't want to build resentment because when we build resentment, that's going to be harder to work through in couples therapy. Just having the, Oh, I don't really know how to tell my partner this. And I'm a little nervous that I can work through in couples therapy with couples a lot more easily. Right. Usually than I haven't told you this for five years and I built up five years worth of resentment. And by the way, I want a divorce. It's like, um, you're not giving me much to work with and dropping this in my lap. Our first session together. Like, I wish you would have come in sooner and I wish you would have been able to address a concern, but that's the point of going. I think like we talk about premarital counseling, go to counseling just for basic skills, read the books about it because that can build a foundation. If you just didn't know how to communicate it, that's okay. But if you knew how to communicate and you were like, Oh, I don't want to lose my partner, like more of the deep seated stuff. That's absolutely worth addressing because that's oftentimes a couple's like, well, I didn't want to rock the boat. And I'm like, you just said you wanted a divorce. How is this not rocking the boat? Like which alternative would you have rathered? Yeah. Yeah. Well, exactly. And I love that you brought up the R word because that was one of the big things I wanted to like also share about as a pitfall for what chronic stress can lead to. So as you're talking about it is that's what we look for is that that built up over time stress leads to resentment. And so like you're saying like, Hey, uh, maybe have look at that stress and rock the boat now to work through it collaboratively so that it doesn't keep lingering and it doesn't turn into these little stones that pile up to a mountain slide on your back and then it turns into resentment. Um, Because that really is hard. We have so much hurt, which is what resentment is, is these deep, painful hurts that have built up over time. There's so much of, of that rock slide to sift through and unpack and, and dig through to get to back to respect, liking, and trust in a relationship. So again, I'm just kind of rambling on because you, you said one of the buzzwords that I like mm-hmm. um, for this, which is couples, be aware of when you're stressed. And if you're noticing it's starting to be a prolonged stressor, or you know, this kind of happened with the pandemic when we started getting hints like, hey this isn't going away in two weeks. So attuned, pay attention. Like, okay, this is going to be hard and stressful. How are we going to get through this so that we're not building resentments with each other, mm-hmm. processing the hurts in the moment, being together and taking time to support one another. Yes. Um, really, really key. And when you're looking at chronic stress and how, you know, what to look out for is the danger zones. Danger zones. Yes. That's exactly what it should be yeah. called. 
It's right? the danger and think zone. of the highway to the danger zone theme song coming up yeah. when you look at your partner and you're like, you didn't. And what yeah. we, I mean, what you and I have talked about before in terms of bids for connection, if you are uh-huh. matching your partner's bids, even if you don't nail it 100% of the time, if they're asking for help and you're too stressed to help, please say, no, I can't do that. Is there anything else I can do? Because that's going to build resentment also lived that before oh babe can you do this blah blah oh yeah sure two weeks later okay where did oh i forgot the left eye starts squinting you (laughs) like you what oh sorry blah blah and i know sometimes it's malicious sometimes it's unintentional it's hard and i work with a lot of women it's very hard for women to process when it's an unintentional oops for the women i work with they're like how could you just not like it literally doesn't conceptualize for women to be unintentionally inconsiderate. And I don't, I know it's obviously different for like the male process in the brain, but a lot of women I've worked with and the couples, especially it's like, that doesn't fly for me. Like it feels like you're not prioritizing the relationship when you're inconsiderate. I know it's unintentional, but that's going to be an issue if we don't address it now. Right. So they're able to work through it and realize this is just not working for me now. I'm willing to rework it in a different way, but that is difficult because once that resentment starts to build, right? It's like, okay, well, you've already proven to me, right? This is how our brains work. You've already proven to me that you can't do this. So why am I going to come to you and ask for help? And then the guy's like, I really want her to ask for help. And it's like, well, one of you needs to get better and extend the olive branch and the other one needs to actually follow through, right? If the person's going to be vulnerable enough, gender aside at this point, if we are vulnerable enough to ask for help, that partner needs to step up. And if you can agree and do it, say yes. And if not, Please be honest. You're going to let your partner down more if you lie. I'm putting it in quotes. Mm-hmm. If you overcommit and people please, and then at the end of the day, it's like, oh, oops, I forgot. Like that's mm-hmm. not what re- relationship partners want to hear when they're under chronic stress and in their personal life or in their relationship life. There's no like love languages, apology languages out the door. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm sorry. It's like you're sorry. Like that's what. <laughs> there's a. I'll, I'll post it because it's gonna be funny. It's like the Barbie yeah. one, the little one where she's like, "Are you kidding me?" Like it's this little. It's a meme one, but it's so accurate. Like I watch uh-huh. it. I'm like, oh, this is so validating as a woman because yeah. it's true. If you're under chronic stress, you don't want more failure, and that's what it feels like. Yeah, when you're talking about all of this. Um this example and these relationship dynamics, I keep thinking like, it's oh, it's okay to know that like we have our own individual stress and there's times we can't be there for our partners. Yes. What can be challenging is, well, how long do you stay checked out from your partner Bingo. to where you forget for weeks on end or oops, I forgot or whatever the case may be. Yes. Um, now for us in our offices, that's what therapy can become for some, some couples. And I have couples who were ready to graduate, as I call it, from therapy because they've reached their main goals. They've reconnected. They have trust and intimacy. But they're like, well, but we really like this time still because it gives us once a week to come and just set aside this date. It kind of becomes like date night for them. Yes. So we do that. And that's what some couples can use it. Now, you don't need to necessarily be in therapy for that. You can, with your partner, just say, hey, once a week, let's check in half an hour, an hour. Let's sit and have tea or let's go for a walk or maybe after dinner or something just once a week and just set aside our individual stressors and just talk about the relationship. Where are we at? What do we need? And even for couples, like, well, we're pretty good. And I don't, we don't really, we just do it whenever I've encouraged them that we'll still do it. And then lo and behold, like give it like six weeks, just do it six <laughs> times and see what happens. Like, Oh yeah, it's actually really nice. 
Because uh-huh. great, if there isn't anything super stressful or relational to talk about, it's just a great time to spend time with this partner who right. you respect, like, and trust. Like, <laughs> cool. No, no, you know, it's a free roll. If there is something you weren't, and then what, this is what I've heard also before, and I've experienced this myself, where like, oh, I think things are going to like, oh, wait, now that I'm in this space and I've set aside my individual stressors and I'm attuning to my partner, it's like, you know what? There is something that I didn't even realize was bugging me. Let's right. talk about it. Or be like, you know what? I've been so checked out. I haven't checked in on you. How are you doing, my love? Like, what's happening in your world? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I'm supposed to do that thing you asked. I totally forgot. I'm so glad we checked in this week so I can take care of it tomorrow for you. Yes. Yes. We check in, just setting aside yeah. and having talks in your relationships. Yeah, we so call those. When the relationship or one partner is under stress. What do we call them in Gottman? Oh, yeah. Stress-reducing conversation every day mm-hmm. for 15 minutes. Each partner That's gets right. 15 minutes. And then once a week, State of the Union meetings. So you sit down and deal with all the businessy, yeah. like, functionality pieces of being in a partnership like a business because that's I mean by definition yes we look at marriage from a different lens but it's very much so a financial contract when it comes to having to sit down when you look at different you know the house the rent like that's not fun that's not the sexy part of being in a relationship that's the functional part so all of that junk gets saved for the state of the union meeting because during the week it's like can it wait till whenever let's say Sunday nights or our state of the union meeting and you and I are dating example okay babe let's do this sunday night oh hey you didn't pay the rent and this and that hey can you know and let's say it's obviously not like the first tomorrow hey can we talk about that at our meeting on sunday sure right it's more of the functional piece so you can learn to separate those self states in your Mm -hmm. internal self and that helps manage stress add the 15 minutes a day of the stress reducing conversation where you literally can just walk in and this is what couples do without realizing it and that's why they come into therapy and they're like well I try like right arms crossed I try doing that and I'm like walk me through how you approach it right <laughs> yeah let's see they what that looks the, like they walk in the front door throw their shit down and they're like you will not believe what Susan did at work today blah 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 and the male partner again very heteronormative here the male partner's like uh hello like love you what is going on right and they and men and I got a lot of backlash for, for this on Instagram, but men are standardly more logical and women are standardly more emotional. That's just the way the brain is wired. It's not really an argument point. That's like mm-hmm. pretty factual. Mm-hmm. Men want to fix men and it's not bad, right? It's just channeling when. So if yeah. men have that, right. And sometimes your partner just wants to vent, right. Mm-hmm. They just want to come home and stress reduce, right. Chronic stress and relationship. They just want to come home and vent for 15 minutes. Guarantee you, if you just sit and listen, and don't try and offer suggestions unless they're asked of you, right? Still be active listening in case mm-hmm. the partner's going to be like, oh my God, thank you so much. I feel better. They yeah. don't actually need help. They just need a sounding board. Oh, I call it like having a warm body in the room, right? Like yeah. let me just process out loud and then I feel better. And then it's the other partner's turn. So you both feel like, ah, oh, right. Let's separate the work day. Even if you work in the house versus out of the house is what I like to label it as. You each get 15 minutes. They're each just as valuable. Then you can go into your evening together feeling partnered versus you have a chronic work stress that you're so out to lunch about in your mind. You're sitting there at dinner. Your partner asks you something totally innocuous. And you're like, I, and I've done, I've made this mistake too. And I've learned from it. It's like barking at them. Like what, like what is going on right now? And it's not about anything they ask. It's like, can't you see how stressed I am? Well, no, that's rude to assume your partner's a mind reader. Let's sit down and carve out actual time to be less stressed. And then have our state of the union meeting. And it's actually a lot more functional because you get to look forward to that every day. 
oh, I don't have to hold on to this for yeah. a week or two. And then what we call kitchen sink, which is when you're in an argument with your partner and throw everything and the kitchen sink metaphorically yeah. at them. And this is just like the time two weeks ago, your partner's like, what the fork? Like, what yeah. are you talking about right now? We were just talking about this. And now you're bringing up something for, like the more you let it build the more likely you're going to have resentment and the more likely you're going to lose out on being able to really effectively change with your partner. If you let things go for weeks and weeks, they can't match that emotion and logic. Whereas if it's in the moment in vivo or shortly thereafter, whatever stress point comes up, you're going to be more likely to tackle it because it's fresh, not painfully fresh, but it's um, accessible for your partner. Yeah. Yeah. And also um, when you have these regular meetings and you and your partner have committed to them and you, you know, both partners have shown up in them, then both partners are going to trust they happen. Yes. And that is actually a huge mitigator of stress. If you can be, oh, I'm stressed about the budget and I brought it up to my partner and they're like, oh, well, can we just talk about the State of the Union? You can go, okay, I can trust that we will get to it. I will have my partner. I will be able to turn to my partner to go over this issue that, that's worrying me. And that in and of itself is a stress reliever. When you can be in a relationship and trust your partner will be there for you and, it, and, and be able to support the relationship, even if it's on something as logistical as the budget, uh, that is, is a huge, huge uh, stress um, reliever point. Mm-hmm. So it, it's just one of my big things. Like I always just tell people, if you're looking at how you can be infusing your relationship with this, this, this type of like goodness that helps with the stress, that helps you be there. And it all comes down to if you feel safe and connected to your partner and you know they're there, you can, I mean, really weather a lot of life storms. Um, and this isn't just me talking um, out of my butt. Uh, this isn't just me going, oh, I've witnessed like how that can be. Um, Sue Johnson, who is the, the founder of, of the EFT, she likes to cite a lot of the time, goes into how when you have a secure relationship with a significant other, we call it a secure attachment bond, but whatever, it's like a, a, when you feel trust and connection with someone, your brain literally can handle more stress and will feel less pain. I've said this on the podcast before, yes. where when um, you have that, you the, your brain reacts differently with the products are social bonding mammals. I'm just repeating some of what I've said before. Yeah. And that's, that's one of the, the important um, factors of chronic stress in a relationship, knowing that chronic stress can threaten that secure bond because you start getting disconnected. You're stressed about it. Your patients and your passion are low. So prioritizing, okay, let's take a breather, de-stress and connect that will overall function as a healthy system revamp, both for you individually and in your relationship. So important. I can't stress that or not how important that is. It's so true. And that's the, that reminds me of the study where they tested people going through, I think it was a, a shock or some sort of pain or I I'm, it was a long time ago in grad school. I remember reading it, but it was like, if you held your partner's hand, your pain, they did like an fMRI while you were going through it. You actually did report and literally feel less pain if your partner was there holding your hand or the, the they were either, they did, I think, yes, a bunch I of close to the room, out of the room, holding the hand, whatever else. And having your partner there does make a huge difference. And I have lived through that personally, like having my partner's 
back in the day, like at certain appointments, yeah. I have fears of things. And like, I remember uh-huh. he went with me to my eye doctor appointment and it was so sweet of him. And I like, I, I don't, that's my one thing that I like, I can handle a lot medically, but eyes I'm like, mm, cause they make the face <laughs> human. And I had to get, I don't know, refit for something. He's like, well, I know you're nervous about it. So I'll go with you. I didn't even have to ask. Like he was just, that's important to you. I will move my clients around in the morning. Here we go. I am with you. And just having him there, I was already like, Oh, okay. I can do this. Right. And that's not always um, an option for every partnership. I totally get that. But you can be just as present, right? The secure attachment bond. Mm -hmm. When you're with your partner, maybe you can take the phone call while they're at the appointment or you Mm -hmm. can text them during it, right? You can be Mm -hmm. there without literally having the handhold. So your partner knows, hey, I'm not alone in this, right? And it it can be tough going through the stress, right? Not only procedural in terms of like a, a procedure or an appointment things, what if you had a stressful day at work, right? And you know, you can text your partner and, you know, maybe they can't drop everything then, but you can go, oh, I can't wait to be able to just be with you tonight and talk to you. I'm so glad to have you. Me too, babe. Love you so much. I'll talk to you tonight, right? Just that alone, right? That's, that's I think, when couples can really use the technology we have to an advantage versus trying to solve something over text when my, I learned this from a supervisor, nothing important over text nothing super no fight no this no we need to talk no whatever right best to send a voice memo if it's like hey just want to let you know when we get home so i don't forget this is what it like that's because they can hear your voice but yeah the tone and attitude yes being able to text your partner like so looking forward to talking to you tonight so glad to have you as a partner like what a day at work right and if your partner knows oh i also get 15 minutes they're gonna be way more likely to respond back and be like, me too, babe, can't wait. Versus if, if you don't have this established and you're the partner who storms in the door and is like, oh, you won't believe what the, the partner's going to be like, I, I'm not your therapist. Like, <laughs> I do. And that's half of couples therapy is learning timing. Yeah. Timing is everything, right? I've had such a bad day at work. Can you please listen to me? I also had a terrible day. I am not going to be good for the first hour when I get home. Can we yeah. wait? I, I'm not saying no. I'm just saying yeah. this is going to be better and I'll be even more present. Okay, then that partner, as you know, you know better than I do in EFT, they can tolerate that. We have now a time limit. My body can self-soothe for an hour, but if you tell me not right now, <laughs> my anxious, a little bit attachment is going to go woo like, yeah, it's gonna feel like <laughs> yeah, it's like where's my partner now? If it's a flat shutdown, it's like now I am alone. And remember, mm-hmm. those brain, uh, the pain centers in the brain are now going to be like, oh my gosh, I don't have that secure person to turn to for comfort. Mm-hmm. If it's a hey, I need an hour, then, you know, okay, again, I can trust they'll be there. And, um, yes. and, and I'll just say on the flip side or not, flip side, but to delve deeper, cause I, I have that experience. I tend to have, especially with what I do with work, need like my own rejuve time. So I can't always be there for my partner immediately. So I, I've gotten really good at knowing how to do this. What I've also discovered is that there's times where I'm not even aware that I'm depleted. I think, no, everything's going fine. I'm just sitting there reading my book and then um, a partner or maybe a family member will reach out and want to vent or do that. And then I'll be like kind of annoyed mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'll be like, uh, I don't want to do this. And I didn't know two seconds before that, that I didn't have an emotional tank ready to give to my relationship, but I've, I've gotten used to attuning to it. And therefore then I can say, you know what, right now is not cool. I hear you want something. Give me a few minutes. Let me like, reef shift my focus and get ready to be a good person in relationship i say that for two reasons one is so that people know that this is kind of like a skill that gets developed it's not like i was immediately able to do this 
when I was born. It's because I'm a therapist and I've spent years practicing this. So it's more like there's hope that you can get good at this like ability to attune yourself to know that. And the second thing is on the flip side is for other people who are like demanding immediately, like stop reading your book and listen to me. No, like that person may not even been aware of how depleted they were or how much they need their own time until that exact moment. So having some grace and compassion for your partner when you're reaching out to them in stress to know that, oh, they just need kind of like a heads up to like wrap their own emotional parts and their own brain around you to get ready to be there for you. Um, and that's okay. There's, as in, there's nothing wrong if someone's like, whoa, right in this moment, I can't do this. Just give me an hour or 10 minutes or, uh, you know what, tomorrow, whatever the case is, mm-hmm. have some, you know, understanding about that. And learn, like we've talked about, I think it was a few yeah. episodes ago, self-soothing, right? Yeah. When we talk about, oh, co-regulation yeah. versus, yeah, versus, or in addition to self-soothing, yeah. being able to know your partner likely, right? I'm giving them the grace benefit of the doubt here. Your partner likely is not sitting there going, you know what would really make my partner even more mad? (laughs) I'm going to turn away from their bid for connect. Like, like, and I'm not saying that doesn't exist. I've definitely. It does. sadly. I've worked with couples who have like, (laughs) not possible. But not commonly. Most relationships we're talking about. (laughs) That's not what most couples are doing. Thinking about how can I really fuck that one over? It's like the memes where you see the girl versus the guy. It's like, I wonder if he's thinking about me and the guy's running. He's like, if I don't get to that next year, I'm going to die. Like, <laughs> yeah. like we, we often project what yeah. we assume, right? Not just projection. We often assume like, I wonder what's going on in my partner's internal world. And if yeah. we don't ask and get yeah. feedback, what do we do? We make our own narrative and then we believe it. And we're like, that's, that's what they're thinking. And your partner's yeah. like, no. And you're like, mm, nope, but I already gave you your script without you knowing. So here you go. This is <laughs> what you you're worried about. And your partner's like, but I'm telling you now, right? It's like yeah. saying it through smiles, like I'm going to stop. We need to be better about encouraging, right? And you and I are, I think, great with doing that with our couples in our own lives. I think as a society, being better about yeah. encouraging radical honesty, kindness. I'm not saying being blunt yeah. and like, yeah. the worst thing but being kind of like i i don't know if you realize when blah 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 comes up for me or when you're so stressed out you're not present with me it hurts like yeah. it, it literally hurts me and it feels like i'm not important it feels like i'm not attended to and i've brought this up to you right i have some couples like that i brought this up to you and that was really hard for me to do and it changed for a day and then you still drop the ball like it, i can't help but think right? And I've worked with couples before where the other person has everything ducks in a row in their other life. It's just the partner keeps getting kind of the shaft, so to speak, or the kids keep getting the shaft. Like they just don't have enough energy at the end of the day, like they're bottom of the totem pole. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's not uncommon for men and women. If we look at like the energy of it, men want to have their career and everything set first, usually. And then they're even better in partnership and whatever else, right? Their masculine is being fully like empowered, in their work life so then they can step into that role and in their home life so it's knowing even that as a couple okay maybe is my male partner if i'm female again heteronormative here or whatever energy balance you're working with in your relationship are they balanced in their own self independent of me being in their life as a partner how are they doing right that's where the grace comes in under chronic stress because it's like even if we weren't together i feel like they would be you know happy sad depressed whatever that's yeah. more about your partner's personal experience of chronic stress. And if it's yeah. stressing, and I learned this in health psychology, if it has a spillover effect, right? If it's starting to spill over into areas where it doesn't belong, yeah. that's where I'm sure I maybe you would recommend this as well. 
I recommend individual therapy for each partner to have their own containment because sometimes resentment has built so much or they have a really high stress job, right? Frontline workers now, mm-hmm. 15 minutes isn't enough. And it's mm-hmm. also not their partner's job to maybe underneath the 15 minutes, there's deeper. It's even more containment in a healthy yeah. way, right? They have a little container to go to. It lives in the, I tell my clients all the time, let it live here. And you can pick it back up next week or we can recondo it and throw it away if it doesn't bring you joy. Like yeah. let it live here. Let couples therapy be about being very effective in a partnership. Right. And then you can show up in other areas of your life better because you have containment. You're not trying to do all things for all people and then not ask for help because yeah. somehow inadvertently, and again, victim, I, I do this to myself, right? Um, oh, well, I brought this on myself, but I like high stress, but this and that. And then your partner reaches out to help. And it's like, oh, I don't want to, right? There's this panic of like, but what if it fails, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know which one I dislike more, right? I don't know if I dislike being under chronic stress and feeling like somebody's going to fail me, or I don't know if I dislike asking for help and being vulnerable. Yeah. And that's what couples have to sit with. And we well, you and I have to witness that. That's what's so dynamic. Um, I, I freely talk about how uh, there's a balanced, not even a balance. I talk about how there's individual responsibility and relational responsibility, and that is dynamic. So with stress, as that example is having to look at, okay, I, each individual has their own responsibility to manage their stress, self-soothing we were talking about, or like you were saying, maybe it could be appropriate to do individual therapy work to manage some of that individual stress. Right. At the same time, we have relational responsibility to manage the relationship stress and it's absolutely appropriate to turn to your partner in distress and say hey I want some support and the thing is it's dynamic what I mean that that changes minute to minute day by day you can have the most of the same contexts one afternoon the same stress same time of day and one day you might be feeling like okay this I can soothe myself right now this is my I'm going to manage this um and then I'm not going to turn to my partner for it. Yeah. And then the next day, the exact same stuff, but for whatever reason, maybe it's because you ate a different piece of fruit, which changes your metabolism in your body. Like literally this stuff happens. It could be like, I, I'm not managing my stress well today. I would like to reach out to my partner for support. The challenge of relationship is learning that dynamic and negotiating it every day. Is this a me responsibility or something I take to the relationship? So anyway, yes. that, that's where that's what I'm kind of hearing from you is how do couples practice assessing where they're at? How do they get into a space together to have a good language and communication that we can connect or a respectful, patient way of going, you know what, right now we're not in a connective space. I need to go take care of myself or, or it looks like you're saying you need to go take care of yourself. Let's do that and then let's come back together. Right. Learning to negotiate those responsibilities effectively and, you know, most of the time to where it works in a relationship. I mean, that's the gold stuff of couples therapy is learning that. Absolutely. Um, I have a, um, just cause I'm watching time and before we wrap up, there's one other thing that you were saying, I forget what it was that made me think of this, but it came from one of your ideas. Maybe you'll remember, but I do just want to point out again that when there's chronic stress on, on the relationship as in both partners, that's still different than when one person has an individual context that's stressful. True. And so I just want to like reiterate that chronic stress in a relationship means both partners are stressed. That yeah. means both partners are likely to have more depleted emotional patience and compassion. And yeah. just honor that. 
just honor the fact that like, hey, if our relationship's been stressed, then both of us at the same time aren't going to be at our best selves. Whereas it's a lot easier to negotiate conflict or stress when one person's stressed and the other person's like, oh, I got you. I can be here for you. Uh, so then just have compassion for yourselves that if we're both stressed and our patience and passion is low, we're probably more likely to, you know, have it feel bad or have conflict. That's when the biggest fights happen in you is when both partners are like, I got nothing left to give. And now you, now you want more. Um, and that's okay in that, in, if we're aware of that, yes. um, and just, you know, be gentle with yourselves and your partners and going, okay, we're going through a really hard time and that sucks. Let's, let's take this down a notch and let's just honor the fact that we're both struggling and that's okay. Yes. And to know internally when your own clock, I think, or your own tall, a person's own tolerance level of like, yeah, this isn't working for me. Yes, we agreed. Yes, Yes, be this. But then I, I'm, I'm thinking of a recent like, um, uh, case study I was reading. It's like, there's only so much a person can take before uh-huh. that threshold, even if there is an agreement, right? There's uh-huh. only so much intervention, so much this, so much that before it's like, this is not working for me because you're still stuck in this pattern of putting yourself or everybody else first. We've had conversations. We've sat down, we've done this. I forget what theory they were using in this, but it it was it, there sometimes does reach a point where it's like, there's too much stress that it snaps. And I'm not saying that couples should just break up if there's too much stress in their relationship, but by no means, if you are feeling so depleted chronically and you are being effective, you are bringing things up to your partner, you're doing the work, right? Maybe you're even coming in for individual or couples therapy Uh and it still isn't working. That isn't a reflection on the person. It's not a failure Uh of a person. It's just that, that um, union, Uh right? That, That connection might not be strong enough in terms of like each person's resilience, relational tolerance, skill set, the mix together may not be able to withstand some chronic stress. And that's not a failure of a partner. That doesn't mean you'll always be ineffective. It doesn't mean in the next relationship you won't. It's just learning your own tolerance. You don't want to, you know, what does it cut off your nose to spite your face? I think is the saying. Uh If you're really feeling like it's too much, it may may be too much. And you've exhausted quote unquote, all of your options. It doesn't mean it's a sign of failure. Cause I know for, this is for the chronic stress people who are like, but I can't let it fail. It doesn't mean that it's a failure. It means you learned a new way that you don't want to do things again in the future, potentially, right? Just the, the caveat, you don't have to stay because it's some sick masochistic, like, well, I can work through the stress. Like not all stress should be worked through. There are times where it's like, this is trying to show you something. So giving yourself some grace too, not only your partner. Yeah. Grace and kind of like hope and positivity that no matter what you can come through this and, and discover what's right for you. Mm-hmm. And on that, I want to um, wrap on like another positive note too, and note that a lot of couples who experience chronic stress, and I've, I've been witnessing this, again, with our like three crises that our communities are going through right now, yeah. um, a lot of couples can bond over it. I mean, there's such a thing as trauma bonding, true, uh, which we don't have time to get into, but also just when things are so stressful and you have trust and connection relationship, it can really bring you closer. So some couples do that already. Yes. And then also, again, for this message of hope is if you're finding that stress really challenges your relationship know that some of these ideas and tips and tricks, as we like to call it in this episode, can help you get to that place where stress can be connective and fulfilling. Or if you're finding that struggle, that's exactly where continue to have resources like this podcast or going to therapy really helps you. Because as I tell Michael all the time, 
I get that right now you are feeling lost because you're right. in this stress and endless cycle. Guess what? I know the roadmap to get you there. And that's one of the joys of me a therapist getting to see couples who put in the work and after a number of weeks and a couple months get to that place of like, oh my gosh, the stress is still there. We're still struggling with this context in our environment. But now we get to successfully turn to one another more times than not and be supported, connective, and go through the stress together. It's such a beautiful, positive thing to see in relationships. And it's out there. It's doable. Um, I'm getting a little bit on my, my soapbox. because I how like passionate see, I am about you're, this. you're the positive one. <laughs> I'm the negative one. <laughs> that's how we roll, Talia. That's how I'm we roll. the yin and yang, right? And that's, I am a positive person. I just like <laughs> play devil's advocate. <laughs> Winky. I do like to play devil's advocate. I do feel like some of my partners have been sent from Satan himself. (laughs) I feel like I have a little in. So yeah, you know how to advocate well for Satan. (laughs) (laughs) Basically. Sorry, God. No. (laughs) I do think we balance each other. And this is how you and I model, I think, for a lot of our listeners. This is how banter can look. This is how stress-reducing conversation can look. And realizing each partner's strengths, right? My strengths may not be your strengths. Your strengths may not be my strengths, but we need each other, right? If we're both just super positive, I wouldn't want to listen to us because I know that's not (laughs) accurate. And if we're both super negative, it'd be like, uh, these people are pessimistic AF. I don't want to deal with that. Like you and I, we balance each other and that's what partnerships can do. And stress throws it off, but you can get it right back on and realize sitting right next to me is a huge source of strength and it's a pillar of stability and using your partner. And I can end on, look at me, ending on something positive. <laughs> this is my, my, my go-to and my line. Relationships are like the kindergarten buddy system. Hold your buddy's hand when they cross the street. Make sure they have a snack. Make sure they have a nap. Make sure they have a friend, right? That, it's really not that difficult. We overcomplicate it. And life's external stressors, you are the couple bubble, right? You and your partner, the couple bubble, build that partnership against relational stressors and you will be fine. And you're going to be mm. happily ever after and married for 50 years if you want. There you go. Look I like at, it, especially the snack part. Look at you being positive. I love snacks. So, yes. Anybody snacks. who basically needs to know, like, basically you're going to be my nanny in that sense. I need you to have a <laughs> bag of snacks constantly because I get hangry very quickly. <laughs> I wonder if I should start putting um, in my very first couple session post intake, um, psychoeducation on hangry. Yeah. And make sure everyone knows what hangry means. I get wicked hangry. I'm wondering if I would save a lot of couples a lot of time and money if just that first session was, here's your first relational concept. Plus <laughs> glucose in the blood level, yeah. Yes. Here's what you need in your blood level to have a successful relationship. This is how you fill up your emotional tank with uh, patience and compassion. Snacks. Chew a glucose tablet and then get back <laughs> to me, right? In a week. Oh, we cured it. Yeah. Get a honey crisp apple. You'll oh, love your life. So <laughs> they're so good. Okay. Um, yeah. I think that'll wrap this episode up. Um, as always, listeners, thank you for joining us on the show today. Yeah. Shoot us some questions or insights or comments at Ryan and Talia at the couples guide podcast.com. And Instagram is uh, at the couples guide podcast. You can slide in our DMS too. Heck yeah. Look forward to interacting with you there. And then we'll see you next week for episode 32.